and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we're talking about Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Oh, and wasn't it a rough revenge? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll get to that. So, but before we get into it, let's do some housekeeping. Of course, like always, follow us, like us, call us, beep us if you want to reach us, if you want to page us, that's okay. Follow, make sure you're following us on all of our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at a nightmare on fear street at gmail.com. Um, yeah, make sure you're following us because we have the Fear Street Halloween coming up. Weekend on fear street. We are so excited. We're going to be um, watching movies on our own and then we'll come together on uh, this beautiful pandemic Zoom world. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be live on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you follow us on YouTube because we have a new YouTube channel. We're thinking of different projects we can be doing on there past the Halloween stuff. Uh, But yeah, we're really excited about our Fear Street Halloween. So make sure you're following us so you get all of that cool shit coming your way. Boom, pal. Thank you, ma'am. Ha. And this still leaves you a few days to get your watch parties ready because you can watch them with your own friends and groups and then check in with us for the live recording so you don't stroll in for spoilers. And the schedule's up. The schedule's up. If we say we're talking about this movie, we're talking about it. Beginning, middle, and end. Right? All of it. And some of them is new. Some of them is new. Like dropping later this week on the 28th. Like new, new. A lot of them are new. Like I think almost half, right? We got three brands making new ones because of the Craft Legacy, His House, and Spell. All three are new. And I think Spiral is a little bit new, too. I, I need to double check that. Out this year. So, yeah, that's pretty new. Yeah. And but that's yeah, the only some- one not in a common area like Netflix and Hulu. That one's on a shutter. So, like, arrange with your friends who's doing that free trial. Boom. It's worth <laughs> it. I like Shutter. Like We're it. horror fans. So we, we respect Shutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so let's get in okay what let, let's just get some general thoughts about halloween five i agree with your first note sheree 100 000%. go ahead michael has gone through it and they i we used to try with michael we used to try we used to tuck his mask in and like comb his hair and now he's just out here look he just woke up and <laughs> life is hard and he's running late to work <laughs> i'm like this is not I need my serial killer to be more upkept. Um, <laughs> that this mask, I feel like this mask was worse in this movie than it was in four. <laughs> this one was insulting. Like I see why William Shatner had concerns because I too would be pissed. I'm like that's what you did to my face. You did that to my face. <laughs> it was crooked. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. rubbery. Yeah, this was um, not as fun. I would not even say this was. This was not even as fun as four to me. Four would at least had some moments. This was just rough all around. Whew. This felt like the stereotypical forced sequel. Like someone was like, well, that made money. Do it again next week. <laughs> and yeah. nobody gave it any thought or concerns. Right. And I do, I, again, just like I did on Halloween 4, I do want to make this preface because we're probably going to go in even harder on this one than we did on Halloween 4. But n- nothing of what I criticize or Sheree criticizes is about the 12-year-old actress. She does not deserve any of the flack for this film because she is 12. She was 12. She's not 12 anymore. But <laughs> she was 12 and she didn't deserve it then. She doesn't deserve it now. She's very, I've heard she's a very lovely lady. If you're listening out there and you want to come on the show, let us know. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Yes. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that was out there again. I know I said it in the last one, but yeah, I just think it's terrible when fandoms turn on child actors. Which is part of the reason the horror movie film culture of fans is a scary place. Like there's definitely like Facebook groups that I know I am not to go to and I am not to comment as a black woman because it will just be like, we get to be racist. And it's like, no, you don't, you you don't. You never get to be racist, (laughs) you don't. I mean, you can be racist, but you're gonna get called out for it. Yes. And if your admins don't care, I'm going to call them out too. Because that's what I do in my spare time. Which is another reason why we started this podcast. So that more 
diverse, inclusive, and supportive community can come together in our love of all things spooky. Yes, our guest list has been fierce. And it's gonna keep being fierce. Just getting fiercer every day. Uh, (laughs) All right. So this movie opens, these opening credits, I don't even remember them honestly from when I watched it a few days ago. Um, <laughs> they're just, at least, with, especially with the first two, but even the third one, even though it was still too long, that movie is trash, they were at least kind of fun. There was something fun and, and spirited about it. And even in four a little bit too. This one, it was just bleh. This one was definitely like, I'm over this job, but the show must go on. That's what this felt like. It's like, I'm tired, we didn't sleep, but I have a 6 p.m. performance. Here's what you wanted, right? Here's what you wanted. It's like, that's not what I wanted. Go take care of yourself and <laughs> schedule. Um, the credits were trying too hard, though, at the same time as being so different that I was like, is this the right movie? And so let me know this movie is going to be shit. Because if you try and if you're trying that hard to be something different and something scary, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. We open the film with the end of the last film, where they're uh, they, Michael got hit with the car and they've shot him up and he fell down this this like well. And, and yeah, they decide they over. Don't, don't, the sheriff runs over with dynamite. And I'm like, when did we make this switch from Michael's a person? We got to take care of this. To run around with dynamite in our back seats in case we encounter him. Because I didn't get those, I did not get those breadcrumbs. <laughs> this sheriff made a stop somewhere. and was like old school Looney Tunes villain just tossing dynamite after the problem. And I was like, well, way to make a choice. Right, right. Oh, and I think they do show, they show Jamie stabbing her mom. Her mother lives, apparently. Um, and now Jamie is in a, an asylum for children, which is a choice. We love an asylum in the 80s, don't we? Don't we? <laughs> All the horror movies were like, you know what we haven't done? Insulted people with mental illnesses. Let's go there. <laughs> but, and we'll get to more about this because there's some wild things about this children's asylum. They call it a sanatorium or something i don't remember but there's some wild moments my thing is the connection to michael is still murky and forced um and it's even more forced in this one especially because we've made it so now jamie doesn't speak and i'm just like that is that is another trope i keep seeing in this one and that nightmare on elm street dream warrior where it's just like so much trauma they stop speaking but we don't explicitly say (laughs) the how and the why Right. And like and this one, okay, again, it's, it's, you're right. They're bringing up A Night Run on Street 3 Dream Warriors. And we talked about it then too. Unless someone has lost their vocal box, they can make sound. And like you ought to, you, instinctual, you instinctually make sound, even if you're traumatized. If you've gone to nonverbal, you just don't say words. And she has so many moments, especially in the beginning where she's like mouthing words and she's trying to push out sound uh, uh, it sounds like that and it's like yeah. that's not that's not how that works <laughs> now like aside from it being a poor choice writing wise and direction wise i also just really feel a certain way about us silencing a victim in the next movie like if you're going to if you're going to victimize a 12 year old they should be able to like have that character finish speaking and like commenting on it because what it is is it's sort of fridging her in her own story even though she's like alive and well but it takes away a lot of her agency as we see for sure and i, and I don't know why that's a go-to in the especially in the 80s apparently it was just happening everywhere i i don't need you to physically manifest manifest her trauma no. i get it she's been through it i understand as an audience member you don't have to spoon feed it to me it, it would have so, been fine to just let her be going to counseling or therapy, which is justified after that night. Um, <laughs> um, we didn't need her to also be so silent and so quiet that she could only scream. I mean, well, she could only silently scream and kick to communicate yeah. with people and, and have to write. And I'm also, right. And I, and, and I am okay with her being in, a, in an institution because I mean, she was violent. She injured her mother probably very badly. To be fair, that adopted mother showed up after all the shit had happened and was like, let me draw you a bath. I also would have stabbed her. What? Didn't know, didn't nobody call her and tell her what's going on? Right? We'll need to rehab our a bath they gonna fix what just happened. <laughs> Bodies <laughs> fell out of cupboards on me. I was chased through houses. Houses. I don't need a bath. I need a doctor. <laughs> so I also would have stabbed her. I'm on Jamie's side. What? 
So then we go to um, a homeless man. Well, I say homeless, but he has a home. It's it's a choice. Anyway, and he's got a pet little bird. And we see Michael crawling up. You know, we saw, oh, earlier we saw him crawl out the drain ditch from the well that apparently has a hole in it. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a very effective well. Right. I also hated that choice because our Michael don't run because he's invincible. Aside from at the end of the movie where he might fall into a coma for a year or three or nine. Um, And have to go to a spot We've seen Michael walk towards people shooting at him. Like, what? That it? And so for him to be like, oh, no, the police have arrived this time. I should escape until next year. I was like, don't do this. Don't do this to me, Michael. So, and as he's doing this, the bird starts like, chirp, starts saying stuff. And I'm like, that bird is trying to warn you, dude. That bird is trying to warn you something's happening. But the old man does not deal with it so the old man comes out and he finds injured michael and he has to nurse him back to health for a whole year who keeps somebody for a whole year wherever you squat and also that and maybe he's maybe hibernates throughout the year maybe he just like he's like a bear where he hibernates <laughs> except for one day of the year also what are these so, people feeding him while he's hibernating because like does michael eat we've never seen him eat we've never seen him have water we don't know if Michael's even a person anymore because he can't he can't die. This creates plot holes when you put him away for a year with randos who don't understand the legacy of Michael Myers. These create well, plot that holes. Was, that was my question. Okay, so clearly this man is somewhere near Haddonfield. Has he not been alive for 50, for 30 years? <laughs> right? Does he not know what this is? I'm just... No, I, questions. Questions. Then we go back to Jamie for a little bit, but then we go back, then it skips for a year. And then it's Halloween 1980, whatever year it was. Uh, I think it was 89 because it was the year I was born. Michael wakes up. He's like, I've hibernated. I am back to full strength. And he kills the old man. And I was like, that's why you don't nurse Michael Myers back to health. Right? Right? You have one job. is to not help him live. <laughs> I, I can't get over the fact that he is so... I. It's kind of like season two of Buffy where Spike was in a wheelchair for most of the season, but he's a vampire. And you're like, I'm going along with you because I like you, but you know this don't make sense, right? Right. And Jamie's having, so they cut, they keep cutting back. So the reason they went back to Jamie before Michael woke up is to show you, hey, if you don't remember, knock, 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 they still have a psychic connection of some kind, which really comes into play in this film, which I think is really weird. Like, as Michael kills the old man, we get a look at this new raggedy Michael, which is raggedier than the last Michael we saw. For those of you who actually hit play on this one instead of the last episode, Michael looked raggedy then, he looks more raggedy now. He is stressed, he is stressed. He is like, got seven kids, three jobs, don't know where rent is coming from, stressed. And I support that realism, but it's not for Michael because Michael is Michael Myers. He, he doesn't have these real concerns. Why he looks so right. rough. We find out that, so Rachel comes to visit uh, Jamie in the in the uh, sanatorium. And brings Tina because wow. she lived. She did. Yeah. That's a key point for this movie. Yes, and so is Dr. Useless. Dr. Useless is back. Whoop-de-fucking-do. The Avengers um, have assembled. And they have a new pup. They have a new dog. This dog looks much more threatening <laughs> than the last dog. <laughs> Michael Myers keeps killing dogs. You would think we'd stop getting them just for the dogs, if nobody else. <laughs> I don't think he kills this one, though. They got the right breed this time. Right? This one was like, and Michael was like, I'm going to let you go. You know what this means, right? And the dog was like, yep, have fun with her. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. But yeah, so true. Yes, and so they're trying to like have a good time with Jamie and Rachel and Tina and the pup. And then Dr. Useless comes in because he's the fun police. <laughs> and you can't have any fun in, a, in an insane asylum, apparently. So he makes them all disperse. Actually, before he does that, some random townie throws a brick through Jamie's window. Because I was like, first off, how do random kids know which window is Jamie's? Secondly, how is their aim so good to hit her window in a drive-by bricking? More questions about this town arose from this moment. And why are they so mean to this little girl? Like, leave her alone. Right? Like, she didn't ask to be born into this family. Clearly, she's upset about it, too, because she's in this asylum. What? Lost all her vocal cords. Right? She was like, take my voice, because 
I have nothing else to say about this matter. And <laughs> here we are. So then we go back to Rachel being at her house, getting ready. This, okay, so where is she going? She don't know. Like, literally, they are so vague. We know she went to college because Tina is talking about how she's happy she's back. Um, she's in her parents' house, we assume, even though we never see the parents. And she's bopping right. to a weird song choice with her new perm. And she's getting ready for nobody's told us. We're like, is she going to the party with Tina after all, even though she don't know well, anybody anymore? Is she going right. somewhere else? Is she going back to her college? We don't know. Right. And, she, well, and her and Tina have a conversation about how her parents, I guess, wanted her to come with them. I'm assuming they're going on a, vac- a vacay. They're like, we ain't going to be in Haddonfield on Halloween this year. Bye. <laughs> Not that we did much last time either, but bye. Um, Love that the parents find something extravagant for every Halloween. The parents in this town are like, Halloween's coming. Let's take a cruise (laughs) and leave our kids alone. And so, yeah, so she's getting ready to go to, I don't know where, Michael is stalking her. Now this scene, okay, I I will say this whole montage moment was kind of stress. I mean, it it had my blood pumping a little bit. It was, you know, just because it was one of those times again where I think the one thing I think this franchise still has going for it, even though it's ruined a lot of other things, is the idea that Michael is always in your periphery. Yes. He's always he's there behind you or he's off to the side. Like, I honestly believe that is why even t- still to this day, I'll be like walking in like next to a long hallway and I will swear to God someone's standing down there. And I'm like, oh, what is that? but there's no one there. It's probably Michael and he's disappearing every time. Right? He's like, not today. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I I wanted to love it, but also I was just like, what is this song? I The song bothered me because I, even as an 80s kid, I don't understand that they would listen to this because it's <laughs> not like, it's not like your normal college stuff. It's one thing to be like pop music or like art house or like coffee shop or like alternative or even rap. But like, this was just like, I'm in a romantic mood, gonna dance in my parents' house. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. um, but we see Jamie is like freaking out in her painting class or whatever. She's painting and she's just going nuts. Dr. Useless comes over. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And but later the kid on, helps her. I, I forgot his name. Oh, no. I almost called him Billy, That's but true. it's not Billy, is it? It's something else. I think it is. I think it's Billy. Okay. So yeah, Billy is apparently like her conduit or translator. And so he's like the Jamie whisperer. And he's like, it's her dog, blah, blah. And Loomis is like, call the house, call the house, save the dog, save the dog. And so- Who cares about Rachel to save the dog? Right? Enough dogs have died in this franchise. We can't do it again, damn it. Peter will find us. And yes, they call. He calls Rachel. Oh, this whole time while she's getting ready, the dog is just barking nonstop. And I'm like, why? Why do white people not listen to their dogs? Right, right. Your dog is telling you that something is in your house or around your house. You need to listen to it. Now, granted, it might just be a squirrel, but more than likely, it might be Michael Myers. The squirrel has rabies, and he's already attacked you once. Right. That's my other thing. Rachel is very much like, yeah, we almost died last year, but that was then. This is now. Because like, at, when Dr. Loomis gets through to her, she's like, paranoid much? And she's like taking her time to investigate and go check on the dog because he was like, your dog is probably dead. She's like, oh, no. He's just so extra. And she like bops downstairs in her towel slowly. And Michael, I, I also don't understand why Michael backs off when the phone rings. Because again, it's Michael Myers. What? Right. Who is he afraid of? And why is it the phone? Do they not have phones where he's been in all these different times? And so he's like, oh no, the phone's ringing. I'll step back and let her answer that. So she answers the phone. Loomis is like, hey, Jamie's freaking out. Your dog's probably dead. And she is not believing this because Rachel seems to have amnesia about last year. And so she bounces downstairs and sees her back door open and she picks up the phone because her dog is also gone. She's like, Dr. Loomis, my door is open and my dog is gone. And Dr. Loomis is like, bitch, got the house. And she's like, oh no, you're right, you're right. And she runs out in her towel to her neighbors. Let me just say, this movie did my girl Rachel wrong. They did her wrong. They couldn't write a good scene for her. Mm -mm. And at least she had the instinct to run out the house. But then they got the cops there to go look look around the house. Oh. And 
Did you catch the sound effect? Every time these two cops show up, it's like, <laughs> they are from a different movie and I don't understand what's happening because they are definitely a throwback like those 30 like comedies where it's the duo who's not the three students because only two of them and I'm like but th- we don't have w- why why this movie every time you see these two fools silliness and I'm like but you should want us to be a terrified you should want us to be on the edge of our seats and you're annoying me with this like stupid sound cue and these stupid officers who have no real purpose other than to play cards and get murdered later. And I'm just like, you could cut them right now and keep us Every tense. time it happens, I laughed. Every time. boop doop doo doo It's Officer Stanley. <laughs> I resented it every time. I was like, if you want to do Seinfeld, do Seinfeld. This is Halloween 5. <laughs> Michael out here working so hard, he looks stressed. And you going to do this shit to me? Like, <laughs> tuck in Michael's mask, comb his hair, and cut these two. So they, they search the house and find nothing. And then the dog runs up from somewhere and she's like, oh, okay, I, we're good now. I'm she sure. was like, I can't good. believe this is happening. I'm so embarrassed. And I'm like, you literally almost died how many times, Rachel? You died so, you almost died so many times, Rachel, last su- year. I'm um, so last summer. Wow, different franchise. You almost died so <laughs> many times last year. You had to like kill a man with a vehicle after trying to climb through a window as you were trying to drive away from him. And now you're like, I, I hate being embarrassed. I don't want to make a scene. I'm like, you should have security, bitch. You're in Hatton from the Halloween. And you know, I think that goes back to uh, sexism. That yep. We don't yep. allow women to have agency in their own trauma. Yep, she had to put it away because the patriarchy would tell her she's being ridiculous and hysterical if she was like, I'm unsure I'm safe here. Right. Yeah. Okay, so they go, they check everything, nothing's there. Then we go back to Jamie. She's still freaking out because she knows Michael is still there and going to kill Rachel. This little boy, Bill, we're saying his name is Billy. If we're wrong, let us know. We'll retract in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Billy clearly cares more about Jamie than this Dr. Useless. And Dr. Useless is useless, as usual. Rachel goes back in the house. She goes up and starts to get ready again. Oh no, she calls them. She calls Dr. Useless calls her and she's like, no, everything's fine. The house was checked, blah, blah, blah. Well, then she hangs up and then she hears a sound in another bedroom. She goes and a picture has been knocked off the, the uh, shelf, whatever it was. And it's the picture of Jamie that's clearly been broken to where the, sh- the shatter points go right to Jamie's face and Michael's behind her and then kills her. Again, how do they not hear him breathing? He is clearly an asthmatic, which also is confusing because he's invincible. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I like this narrative because I come from a family of asthmatics. I like this narrative, I guess, where asthmatic people can still have fun outside and they can still achieve their goals. But also you would hear this breathing and you'd be like, good sir, do you need an inhaler before we continue? I, like I said, this movie doesn't go Rachel all kinds of wrong. And it makes me sad for her because after this, if you'll notice, don't none of her friends even wonder like, I wonder where Rachel is. Is Rachel, Jamie don't even wonder where Rachel is. They were like, like, the house is free. Yay. And it's like, you don't even think maybe she didn't go back to college on Halloween when this man shows up to kill people in this town every year now. Literally. It's always the most obvious answer. If you can't find your friend, she's been murdered by Michael Myers. That's the answer. <laughs> I will say that um, they heard our critique. We went back in time and they heard it. And Dr. Eustace's scars were a little better this time. A little more believable. They were a little bigger on the cheek. So much better. Like, whoever did his makeup did not do Michael's mask and hair. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, Tina again, basically I mean, moves into this house. I, I don't know... I, I have so many questions about Tina because right now she's just the free spirit stereotype of the 80s teen we see men right all the time. Like, does she go to community college in town? Does she have a job or is she still in high school? Like maybe she was a year behind Rachel. We don't know. We just know that she's out here in the same outfit from the last movie doing random things and just trying to be a free spirit who loves everyone and is willing to be abused. And I'm like, no, we need we need more for her. Because right now, I don't get her character, and so it's hard for me to care about her. But as she moves into this house, so does this friend Sammy we've never heard of, who happens to be blonde, which will be our new Rachel for this production. And we're not supposed to clock that. And she's like Rachel Light, let's be real. Right? 
No, and along with this new bitch, along with this new bitch, this movie also decides to add the man with the boots and the hat, which I, I didn't remember when he started showing up, but he gets off of a bus here and we hear the boots and it's the clink, clink, clink. And he kicks a dog. And I'm like, we're not adding him into this hot mess. No, don't do this right now. Explain who the fuck he is. I don't know who he is. Who is that man? In this movie, they don't explain it. In later movies, they allude to who he could and should be, but it still don't make no fucking sense. This movie got off the rails in the last movie, in four, and five was just like, in case you missed it, we don't know what we're doing anymore. We're just out here making franchises. (laughs) And then they tried to pull it together for Curse of Michael Myers, and that did not work. And then they were like, let's just scrap all that and go back to Lori. <laughs> you know you done fucked up when you gotta when you gotta discount the last eight movies you made. You know you done fucked up. You like, <laughs> I know we have ten movies, but only follow the first two now. <laughs> then we go back. Is okay. I was this a dream when not Michael is chasing Jamie in the in the home. Was that a dream? Oh yeah. Okay. I never was not made clear to me that it was a dream. Um, <laughs> so, but it was stressful. He was chasing her down. She runs down to the basement and like hides somewhere up high. I don't know why you'd do that, but it's a child. Then, but he never comes down there. The doctors finally find her. Doctor Useless is of course abusive to Jamie. Like he doesn't. He treats her like she's an adult, and I'm like, he, she is a twelve-year-old child. He treats everyone as if they are expendable in his quest to get Michael Myers. And my thing is, he has yet to figure out how to get rid of Michael Myers. So what is the end game other than to get a lot of people killed? Right. So then we go back to Tina and what's the other girl's name? Sammy. Sammy. And we're meeting their significant others. Um, mm. Two assholes, as per usual with the man in Haddonfield. I think, see, I go back to that one boy from Halloween 2 is the only decent one in these movies. Jimmy. Justice for Jimmy. Justice for Jimmy, please. Anyways, and I literally made this note because he's being such an ass in this scene. Tina's boyfriend is named Mike. Uh, And I made the note, I kind of can't, I can't wait uh, for Mike to be killed because you know it's going to happen. And then literally, literally, I wasn't even, I hadn't even made another note. (laughs) He dies. (laughs) And I was like, my wish was granted. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Michael's like, there's only room for one Mike in this movie. Like, I, I love this death because Michael was like, vanity, huh? And shows up and scratches his car. And he's like, how dare you? And he jumps out to his death. And I was like, yeah, that scans. Like, <laughs> Michael's not even an effort anymore. He's like, I know this town. I know these people. I got to go somewhere new. <laughs> right. But I'm back. But, okay, so this part is kind of scary to me, too. Michael kills Mike. It takes his car. And then he goes to pick up Tina. And I did think it was kind of funny that she's literally saying, Michael, open the door. And it's, but she thinks it's Mike, but it's really Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> I just love that her relationship with Mike is so toxic that she doesn't know she's in the car with a serial killer because he won't talk to her and he seems angry with her. And she's like, why are you mad at me? What can I do? I need cigarettes. Can we really stop for cigarettes? And I was like, if you're dating, this is, this is a test. If you literally could not tell the difference between your boyfriend and a homicidal, supernatural sociopath, you know what you gotta do. Pew, 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 pew. Right? This is the only uh, Cosmo test you need. This is the only Cosmo test you need. It's like, oh, I can't tell the difference between my partner and Michael Myers. I should leave. Right. And Jamie, and then we switch over to Jamie, because again, mental connections and she is flipping out because she knows that tina is in the car with michael yeah that within that whole scene where they're in the car together is so stressed i'm like girl he gonna kill you uh <laughs> but ja- yeah jamie is flipping out but she still can't speak she has not getting gotten that ability back yet again billy must translate her like movements and noises and i i especially hate that because not only are we silencing the victim but we are so silencing her and comfortable with a male energy having to like communicate for her and i'm just like i know it's the 80s but come fucking on (laughs) literally 
literally. So Dr. Loomis uh, talks to Billy, who tells Dr. Loomis what Jamie means. And they figure out it's the gas station with the woman with the cupcakes or the cookies for boobs. And so they call the cops and the cops swarm it. And they're like, are you Tina? And she's like, yeah. And they were like, you need to come for us because you were in danger, girl. And she's like, I was what? literally watching this with my friend Darby. And I was like, what would you do? <laughs> you would come out of gas station in five police cars. Like, is that you, Tina? Uh, yeah. And like, Tina, again, because she's not a well-written character, is like, I can't just go with you. I talked to my boyfriend first and sees the boyfriend's car is gone and thinks nothing of it. Because... Again, she can't tell her boyfriend from a, <laughs> a sociopath who haunts and stalks people on Halloween. And she don't see nothing wrong with it. That's love. That's what Tina thinks is a working relationship. Just shaking my head, y'all. Just shaking my head. So yeah, the cops were overkill, like insanity. And then we get back to Jamie and suddenly she can speak again. I, I just, I'm so confused. I that don't... 80s magic. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so we get back, well, then we go back to Tina and she's gone back to the, is it, aren't the party yet? No, she goes to see Jamie and Jamie's like, you gonna die girl. And she's like, no, um, I'm not. I have to go see Mike. Even though she's been like trash, you just, you gotta be with the person you want to be with. And I'm just like, what message is this? Can we stop having men write for young women? Because Tina is the most throwaway character of this franchise. And we've had a lot of throwaway characters and we're supposed to care for her and follow her. Because we killed Rachel. Yeah, she's supposed to be like the Rachel because you already killed Rachel. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I will say this. We all know that my love of Dr. Useless is very minimal throughout any of these films. But this one especially, he's so over the top about everything. Did they just, did the director tell Donald Pleasance to make everything out of 10? Everything is up here! And I was just like, why are you so intense right now? I I get that, but also, to be fair, this is his fourth time having to tell this town Michael Myers is a real concern. And so I, too, would be over it. I, I would also be like, I say this to you every year. Every year we do this. How many more police buildings must be blown up? How many more babysitters must be murdered before you just get on automatic lockdown for Halloween? Like, why do you keep having people have parties and retreat? <laughs> Evacuate this town. Evacuate the town. Let it go. Okay. Tina leaves. Jamie is actively crying and screaming. And she's like, he's going to kill you. And she's like, I can't deal with this right now. I have to go to my death. <laughs> and she like runs downstairs, pass Dr. Loomis outside to cry. And then this like random child who they used a fake child's voice for, for some reason. I was like, if you have a kid in the room, just have the kid speak. It was so bad. It was, I don't know who the sound person was and why that was the choice, but it did not fit in this world or a real child. Um, it was the most, it was the most haunting thing in this movie, that voice. <laughs> Fair. Oh, then I, this is when I have the note about the guy in the boots. I'm like, because who, it, they just keep cutting back to him every once in a while. And you're like, why, what, who, what, where, when, who, what, why, uh, what? Right. Uh, and then the useless cops take Tina to the party because she's no, like, if you're gonna follow me, give me a ride. And it's the saddest party. I know that they were on a budget, but hot damn. It's one room, 12 kids just dancing to nothing. And Tina's like, I made it. Where's Mike? I need to be abused some more. And I'm just like, what is her end game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they play that prank on the cops where they go up, they run out of the house and the guy, uh, Sammy's boyfriend has the Michael... Again, why are we selling Michael Myers costumes in Haddonfield? I don't understand. Also, if you are that close to the people who almost died last year, why is this prank funny to you? Again, who is Tina? <laughs> what is Tina? <laughs> ah! But like, they almost get Sammy's boyfriend shot. Spitz? That's his name, right? Spitz? Because it's a weird name. And they almost get him shot he's out here in his Michael Myers get up uh, attempting to like stab Tina with a fake knife and the cops jump out of their cars and pull their guns. And then she's like, my friend's a virgin. And they laugh and run to the barn because every party has a giant barn somewhere nearby, as we know from our time in Warrensburg. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah, and okay, I just don't, okay. 
in movies past and even when the movie even in the more ridiculous movies michael is always going towards his family member whoever he is his goal in this movie i don't feel like he's doing that so he's now stalking tina and sammy and her boyfriend jamie is nowhere around they're not related to him they're not related to Lori. they're not even related to jamie outside of being friends with rachel who is dead <laughs> So, you know, in the first one, it's very clear, like he's having, it's a direct line to Lori. In the second movie, it's a little less clear, but it's still pretty obvious that he is still going for Lori. He just has to keep get her by herself so he can just kill her. Even in the fourth movie, he is going for Jamie. Mm-hmm. The, it, there are a few other side quests that he does. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, he is going for Jamie. In this one, he's going for everybody but Jamie. He just had time today. He was like, you know what? They threw TNT at me. I'm going to kill everybody in this town. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, they're in this barn. They find some cats, which is weird. Right. Sammy and her boyfriend, whatever his name is, decide they they want to have sex in this barn. I mean, it sounds like tetanus waiting to happen to me, but who am I to judge? As a child, I always wondered because these movies make it seem like people are just always having sex in sand and on hay. And I was like, wouldn't that be uncomfortable? What? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I am not high maintenance, but you know what I won't do? We'll walk out with sand in a weird place or straw in a weird place. And so the fact that they are like, let us, let us do this. Um, and Tina's like, you two have fun because she has no personality. She's just like <laughs> trying to Stevie Nicks their sex life with her cape and closes the barn door <laughs> so Michael can kill them. <laughs> but yeah, and Tina's chasing this other little kitten down a hallway in the, in the in like this barn has hallways and rooms and like it's a haunted house. Like, Ow. Right, it's like a four bedroom, <laughs> two bath house, which is another reason I know they're not in Haddonfield, Illinois, because Haddonfield, Illinois would be close to Chicago, and you ain't got this kind of space near Chicago. And Michael is in this hallway, watching all the hallways, all of them. She's in every corner of every hallway. Um, but she got she, this cat, and she gets out. She doesn't die, not yet, anyway. I don't know how she couldn't see him. He was everywhere. Sometimes she almost tripped over him and she was like, kitty. And I was like, be worried about this grown ass man breathing in every corner of this room. Every time you turn around, he's right there. He's not even hiding. He's not even hiding. He's he's as close to her as my drink is to me. And I can see my drink. So I know she could see Michael. <laughs> so, um, and then we go back to Sammy and Spitz. That's such a stupid name. Anyway. Um, Dumbest name. I don't like this friend group. I'm happy Michael killed them all. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) So, and he plays another prank on Sammy. And I was like, girl, he ain't cute enough for this. You need to leave. Right? I mean, I uh, I understand that sometimes it's lonely. We is in month 90,000 of a pandemic. We get real lonely. But also, not with spits in the hay after these two dumb pranks and his friend is Mike, the asshole. Maybe just not. Right. And so um, we, then Michael comes out and kills both spits and Sammy. Rightfully so. <laughs> right. um, and then- we cut to the kids who are walking from the asylum to this party and they're crawling over gates and going through cornfields. And I'm just like, how big is this fucking town? Because I thought this was a suburb, but apparently it's expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, it, again, the geography, I've said this in, I think, every episode of this this franchise since number one. So I'm consistent. <laughs> Say what you want about me, but I am consistent. Um, the, the geography of Haddonfield is a wild, wild place. Um, Tina goes out and she sees the two cops... No, she goes back into the barn to look for Sammy and Spitz and sees that they're dead first. Because the party's leaving and she's like, I can't leave without Sammy and Spitz. So she runs to the barn to find them dead. Because um, Michael yeah. got a pitchfork and went to town. Um, so they, they real holy right now. Um, and she sees this bloody cat and she's like, "What? what's the story here? And like all of a sudden her dead friends are there. It's like, oh shit. And she runs out oh, yeah. to the, Was the cat. Was the cat eating the body? 
I don't think so. I saw that note from you, and it's like, I didn't see that. I saw the cat had the blood on it, but also there was a lot of blood to be had. So I have to see the cats being like, oh, shit, I got splatter on me. Get it off. Oh, I was eating it. Someone look at that and see what happens. But uh, when they go back to the party, this is just a really funny note that I need. Did you clock the old lady at the party? I felt attacked. <laughs> I felt attacked. I was, was like, you know what I didn't come here for? To see myself. <laughs> It's like that this these teenagers threw this party at the grandma's house and the grandma was at the party just like sitting there dazed and confused. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I thought this was the Rob Zombie version. Am I going to keep my clothes on now? So, yes. And then Tina, so after she sees her friends are dead, she goes and like, I'm going to go get the cops and see if they can help me. Well, they both dead too. Rightfully um, so. They, they invited Michael over to kill them to, in his defense. <laughs> They kept saying, come here, kid. Come here, kid. And he came there. <laughs> then they died. <laughs> so then she's in the parking lot and Mike's car pulls up with Michael in it. And he starts chasing her down. Oh, no, the kids, uh, Jamie and Billy. Oh, yeah. that, it uh, is, I double checked. Okay, we're right. We were correct. Um, when Jamie and Billy finally show up to this party, they knew where it was, I guess. Because I, I, Billy heard where it was, and apparently Billy had a pass for coming to this asylum. He was out there as a little night owl at the age of five, getting drunk with the big kids. So they start running. And suddenly there's this huge, like, prairie, little house on the prairie field that Tina is running and this car is trying to run her over. It was just bad. That scene was just bad. This scene is the worst scene in a movie of worst scenes because the plan apparently was to run from the car screaming and then get his attention by screaming at him so he runs towards you in the car and then you run from him while somebody else sees him coming for you and then they scream at the car until he turns around and comes for them. And I'm like, we need a better plan because right now we have disorganized chaos that's not even fun chaos. Yeah. So, but then they get into the woods and the cops have now shown up with Dr. Useless, but they're still being useless because they can't find them. And Tina decides to essentially sacrifice herself for the kids so the kids would live. Which, um, can you imagine being the kid who walked across this big, small town to save her ass? It's just a knife and a boob. And you're like, well, we could have just stayed in the asylum and been safe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because <laughs> he clearly going to the asylum. He's not on a mission. It's true. This Halloween. Right? He was like, I don't want to go there. I don't like kids. I'll make the kids come to me. I and I'm like, you get it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Once right. Tina dies, I get really, really, really frustrated with Jamie's character, the way it's written. Because she slow walks away <laughs> as Billy's taking her by the hand to be like, um, you stabbing your friend, your last friend. We got to go for he stabs us too. And she's like, Tina, Tina. And they're slowly walking away. And I'm like, you have you not seen Michael's work before? you got to run. And <laughs> she's out there just crying and screaming, Tina, as he's dragging her away. And I'm like, he's going to hear you screaming, Tina. I need you to right. go back to being silent. You were silent half this movie. And now you want to make some noise and Michael can hear you? And I guess you don't care about Rachel no more? You just It's all about Tina. Right? And ain't no about Rachel. I feel like it's one of those cases where Rachel said she could come back but had conflicts. So they were like, we could film all of her shit in two days. And so what they did was just kill her and discard her so we don't talk about her no more. It ain't right and it ain't okay. Mm-mm. So then, oh, and then Dr. Loom, Dr. Useless is like, Michael, go back to your house. Go back to where it all began. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty obvious. That's what's going to happen. Right? Uh, also love how Loomis thinks that Michael and him have a connection and also how Loomis thinks he knows what Michael is about because he's always like go back to where it began it's like maybe Michael don't want to go back I mean he clearly stabbed his first sister for a reason he was not happy there give him somewhere <laughs> to go right and so then we go back we go to the Myers house and the doctor or the, the doctors the cops here are just useless there's that one really nice, the one really nice, but still useless. But at least he's nice and useless. It's not like Doctor Useless is just rude and useless. But he's he's nice. But the rest of them are just what? The actor right. from ER. This actor was on ER forever, and I should know his name, but I don't. But I right. saw him. Yeah, he was like the guy at the counter. I almost said Frank. But I don't think it was Frank. It's, mm. it's gonna bother me. But 
I'm gonna Google that. We can keep talking, but I have to know names down. He was very sweet, but useless. But sweet and useless. Right. <laughs> you can be both. <laughs> can. Don't the cops get like, oh, Michael goes, instead of going to his house, oh, it's interesting. His name was Frank on ER. His real name is Troy Evans, born 1948 and still kicking. Good for you, Get good it. sir. Good for you. Get it. So interesting. So Luma says to, for Michael to go back to where it all started. And Michael goes to the sanatorium. Think about they it. They have a history. There ain't no history. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, instead of going to his house, Michael goes to the sanatorium and attacks them. And so the cops are like, everybody, let's go. Who cares about Jamie? We're just leaving now. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, so they go to the um, uh, asylum, the ch- children's asylum. Then we go, and it leaves Jamie, the nice cop. Does Dr. Use- Dr. Useless does stay. So those are the only three. This was the there. trap. Yes. So this like- Michael's trap. I thought he, I thought Loomis had Jamie fake a thing so they would like leave the house and so Michael would come. Maybe, but he he attacks the asylum too. Maybe he walks faster now because I could have sworn that Doctor Useless had her lie, but also no, because it, was it a shows them at the asylum wheeling out dead uh, doctors. Who so knows Michael, what happened? Got, it was a- Michael's got that car, so he can get places. You're right. He's mobile cool. now. You're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> he don't have to call Uber anymore. He can just right. drive. <laughs> he's gonna start a side business when he does kill his family. It's gonna be cute. Right. <laughs> so yes, and then so Michael pulls up and he's in the house now. Uh, they shoot him again for like the fiftieth time, and it clearly doesn't work. As as Doctor Looms is shooting him though, Michael is in front of a window that is very clearly sunlight in this Halloween evening. He is the most well that he's ever been. And I was like, uh, what kind of sunrises we got in this town? Do they happen at midnight? And it's just that one window in this room. And I'm like, if you know you need to shoot him, don't do that during the daylight hours when you need to be here on Halloween night. <laughs> True. And this is, yeah, because Michael goes for Jamie and that cop <laughs> tried. That cop tried. He shot him and was like, we don't have to go out the window anymore because, and then Michael kills him. And Jamie's like, could have told you. And he runs and she runs upstairs and she's like, oh shit, this is a scene he set up. This is a trap. I saw that first movie. And Rachel finally gets her respect. Right, right. Um, And so, oh no, you're right. She went to a different room and went down the shoot first. Oh, the shoot was after that. Not because like the shoot, oh please. You right, you right. Wait, no, because, yeah. No, the shit was before, because I have that note after the bullets, before Rachel gets her respect. Because I think that after the shoot, oh. Jamie makes her way upstairs. So, like, Michael and this cop have their moment, and I'll edit that so it all seems like it's in the same place. And Jamie runs into this room, and there's no way out but a shoot. So she's, like, oh, dangling from it. And Michael is, of course, like, she's in this shoot. So he opens the door, starts stabbing at her. And she, like... <laughs> slides down because clearly she's a seven-year-old who's trying to be murdered by her uncle so like she's distracted i'll give her that and so she hits the bottom of the chute and it's locked on the outside because Haddonfield and michael (laughs) (laughs) michael takes his dear sweet time getting down there and it's like i'm gonna stab this lock till i get in and she's like oh shit it's trying to climb her way back up and she can't because the chute and Michael, Michael opens the door and starts stabbing upwards. And it is the funniest shit I've ever seen. I don't understand. I don't understand. Maybe if his look was say, more together. I will say that that takes some it, some strength. That little girl had some strength to like, because there's no like ledges. You just had to like press, have your body weight pressed against the sides and shimmy your way. Adrenaline. Um, I guess you do what you got to do when your uncle comes for you. And I'll give her that. She was like, not tonight, Uncle Michael. And so like, she gets out of the situation and she makes it up to the attic where we see Rachel's dead body um, and a scene Michael has set up for all of them to enjoy. Another family dinner scene, if you will. And so Rachel finally gives her respect. Finally, someone cares that Rachel is dead. Right? Jamie looks around this attic and it's like, oh, fuck. And I, I don't know if the intention was to come across as, I give up, I'm still getting this coffin to make my death easy for everybody or what? Cause she's like, there's a coffin, I'm gonna get in it, I guess. Cause I, I, I'm tired, I'm fucking tired. 
So she lays in the coffin, waits for her uncle, and her uncle's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I could see you. <laughs> yes. He's like, you you took the fun out of it. I expect you to run some more. And she's just laying there crying. <laughs> it's like, I, I did everything I could. I did everything I fucking could. I'm a child. And he gets to the coffin and she's like, wait, uncle. And Michael stops because oh, apparently- I was like, Michael does have feelings. Which is a choice because our Michael don't have feelings. He got so lost in the shuffle in these two movies, four and five. They were like, well, bring him back, but he's gonna come back wrong. And I'm like, well, just, I, why, why? Right. And so she's like, let me see. And he pulls his mask off because he's like, I'm going to be an uncle tonight. And he he has the one tear going and she reaches for it and he loses his shit. Which if that's not a symbolism for toxic masculinity, I don't know what is. He's like, how dare you try and dry my tear? I've got stabbed you, you little bitch. And she's like, oh no, we're back to this. <laughs> and she runs downstairs into Dr. Useless. <laughs> Who decides again to be useful for the last like what ten five five ten minutes? And he he set up a whole booby trap for Michael within this like what ten minutes he's been chasing his niece around this house, right? And the window you got to know the windows are still so well lit. <laughs> I just can't at the end of the movie. I can't. So like they they put Michael down. And they put him in a prison, a jail cell, which how do you get Michael Myers to a jail cell? We, we don't even get to see that story because I want that story because it's impossible. We've established yeah. he don't die and he ain't afraid of the cops. If nothing else, we know that about Michael. <laughs> and yet here he is in his jail cell sitting there like, oh no, I'm in timeout. This sucks. And so <laughs> they all go out to be like, we got him, ha. And then we hear an explosion and Jamie's like, oh fuck, y'all fucked up. Oh, y'all fucked up again. And she goes back in there and lo and behold, man in the bell boots and the weird hat. I, I want to call it a sombrero, but I don't think it's a sombrero. It's a, it's a, it's offensive, whatever it is. I'm going to call him Zorro because that's what he reminded me of this entire damn movie. Sad Zorro. Sad Zorro has broken out Michael. And because we know this because he's the only accounted for person. And there's like a giant hole in the wall where the explosion happened. We saw him walk into the police station, didn't we? See him walk in and the explosion and then Jamie goes in to investigate. And they're both gone. Right? And that's where we leave this. Because we were so confident we'd get another sequel after this bullshit. Yeah. Okay, let's get to some hot takes because I got one. My hot take is I would have stopped the franchise right here and right now because this one was so fucking bad. Had it been left up to me, I would have killed the thing I loved and been like, we tried. I am glad they kept it going because I do enjoy H2O. But this is the worst of the entire franchise for me. It is better. It is worse, just slightly, but still worse than Resurrection. And that is saying something because Resurrection is rough. (laughs) I feel like this movie is definitely part of why people started shitting on horror movies again. Because it was like, well, if this is what a horror movie is, that's fucking embarrassing. (laughs) And I I don't blame them. Had this been my first horror movie, I'd be like, I guess I'm going to try rom-coms because this ain't it. (laughs) It just, it took out everything that you liked from the original and the sequel too. The, you know, the the great characters, the writing, the the quirkiness, but also the the real, the real world danger that was Michael Myers. And the fact that he is—he has one goal, and if you get in his way, he will kill you. It, it felt like this team never watched the original two. It felt like they were like, we know what a slasher is. We got it. Give us the mask. It, it barely felt like they watched the fourth one. I, I literally, I think this might be the same team, actually, as the fourth one. I need to double check that before I start throwing accusations around. They forgot it. They got amnesia and forgot the damn movie. <laughs> to that idea that people are careless with horror movies because they don't respect the craft. A horror movie can be good. We've seen some good ones. We've even covered some good ones on this podcast. They they don't have to all be trash. Don't have to be like, blah, throw blood around, throwing the horror around. You're going to watch it. You're going to like it. No, you have to respect the art. If you're going to make a horror movie, make a fucking horror movie. Don't just take it, especially when it's something so beloved as Michael Myers and shit on it. Right. And, you know, but like I said, I am glad that they continued. I do like Curse of Michael Myers a little bit better. 
it would be like right above resurrection for me, but we, we, we don't have to get into that. But I, so I am glad that they continued because I think that they found their stride again with H2O. I, that's my hot take is that this is the worst one of the franchise and that is saying something because there's some bad ones. I make it a mental note to never watch this one and the fourth one again. Um, <laughs> I, could watch, I could do the fourth one again. I don't want to do this one again. I think I made that pack with myself a long time ago because I've not revisited these for a long time. Even as a kid, I started skipping from two to the curse of Michael Myers because Paul Rudd was spicy and still is because he doesn't age. And so I just skipped to that one, but it's bad, but Paul's here. Because um, <laughs> I was that kid, priorities. And then I tried to get an H2O as soon as possible. Um, but that concludes our Halloween Halloween month. Um, as you've probably realized, this dropped the same day as our last episode. <laughs> Funny how we did that, time travelers. Um, <laughs> we got lots of stuff coming your way. So much stuff. You're going to be overwhelmed. I know it because we're overwhelmed and excited. Other surprises this week. We're going to have a special episode drop Wednesday. That's right. You thought we were done because Lovecraft Country is done. Lovecraft Country is done, but we're not. We have special things anyways. Our episode, What the Fuck with Callie Ott, will be dropping Wednesday. That is an episode where we interview our old friend who was in a movie called WTF. If you've not seen it, we've broken it in half. So you can get to know Miss Calliot, the actress who's living in her best California life, and then get into the movie in the second half. Yes. Yeah. Where uh, They can find the movie on, you can rent it. You can rent it on oh. YouTube, Google Play, and some other random places like Voodoo. But it's no longer on Amazon. And we get a little bit into that, but not too far into that in the interview. But she said they're hoping to get it back up there. So hopefully in the future it will be. So maybe if you're yeah. watching it next year, look for it. <laughs> right, right. But after that, because like we have to do another episode, you would think, I think. So after that, we're going to do more than another episode. We're going to give you lots of episodes because it's our live Halloween recording weekend. A Fear Street Halloween, a weekend on Fear Street. It's going to be so fierce. Um, we're going to drop all of those after we record them so our international listeners can take part in case the times we're doing things don't work for them because we're, we, we see you. We appreciate you. Also, other people might have to work and whatnot, like some of our guests do. So they will be trying to appear the day after we record them because it's going to be a lot of drinking that weekend. You know us by now. We have a process. <laughs> they will all be up. They will all be up usually the day after. Um, so we can put on like the opening and closing songs and credits. And then we come back that next weekend, the first full weekend of November. And we're going to kick off our month of gratitude for Wes Craven with Scream. With my, my favorite film of all time. I'm just going to say it. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's damn solid. Damn solid. But our special guest for the first episode, which we'll be covering Scream, the first original Scream, don't come in here with a show, don't come in here with a random sequel, and then act like you surprised for spoilers. Um, the original Scream, we're going to have our good friend Charlie Wine. Uh, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a very good time. Yes, we're very excited because we both love the film so much. We both love us craving. I'm so excited. So again, make sure you're following us on social media because I know that was a lot of information that we just threw out at you at different plans. But we'll be going over all of that on our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter. You can email us if you have questions or if you're interested in being a guest or have a film you want us to cover. You can email us at a, a nightmare on fear street at gmail.com or you just slip on in our DMs and let us know what, uh, anything. <laughs> it clearly works because there was a coup a couple weeks ago. Um, and so now we're going to be making some time to talk about Scare Me, which just dropped this month, which would have never happened if some of our listeners hadn't been like, why haven't you talked about this? And other listeners had been like, I agree. And we were like, <laughs> we're sorry. Um, it's a lot of movies. We will move this to the top. Right. Um, and yeah, and we also, we just love to hear from you guys. We like, like I said earlier, one of the things that Sheree and I really wanted to accomplish with this podcast is to cultivate a community of horror fans that aren't as problematic as many, as some, quite a few horror fans can be. 
so we're here for you. We're here for that feedback. If we got something wrong in this, or you disagree with something we said, maybe you love Halloween five. I don't know. Tell me why. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know right now. What? <laughs> so, but yes, you can follow us again, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, please um, rate review us on Apple podcasts. That would be extremely helpful. Helpful. It helps people find us so they can, Get in on the fierceness with the rest of us. Again, thank you all for listening to this episode. Make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.